So, uh, the other day I went down, um, to a little place called Old Town Road slash Zapickle, um, <laughs> okay. which is an establishment from the Gold Coast, I think, um, to try those like crazy hot spicy wings that they have. Cause me and Ellie were like, that'll be fun. And that sounds we, like your speed. Yeah. It sounds like my speed. And we got there and the guy was like, I actively recommend you don't do this. Um, <laughs> and we were like, oh, ha, ha, how bad can it be? And he's like, and he's like well, they use Carolina Reapers. And I was like, oh, I know what they are. And this guy was like, no, 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 no. So Carolina Reaper is at 2.2 million Scovilles. Um, pepper, like pepper spray is at 5 million Scovilles. These wings are at 6.6 million Scovilles. Um, and was like really like negging us not to, not to like make the Why sale basically. And then so Why we do they talking- sell them? <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and then we were talking about it and Elliot was like, nah, man, not me. And I was like, I've told people I've come down here to eat these wings. And if I come here and then I don't eat them, what yeah, a You can't go home and be like, I got there and got scared about yeah. this fight. Yeah. And then, and then this, this fucking Wolf of Wall Street dude comes, like the guy that's been selling us, he's this American guy, long ponytail. He comes over and he's like, listen, man, because we were like, maybe we'll come back and do it another time. And he's like, listen. I used to be a top three salesman in a Fortune 500 company. If you don't make a sale today, you're never going to make it. And I was like, what the fuck are you? Like, at first, he spent like 15 minutes being like, you do not want to do this. And then come around the bend, he was like, what are you, a coward? And I was like, make up your like mind. that's like a high-level sales technique. Yeah, he played you like a fiddle. Well, but that's what I mean. This dude is now working as like a waiter at The Pickle in Surrey Hills the, in Sydney. I think the term is wingslinger. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I would say he actively wasn't a wingslinger because he. But did you buy it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. We spoke about it, and Sane and Elliot were like, "It's not worth you going to hospital like many other people have," according to this man. Jesus. And so we were like, "You know what? We're just gonna do some burgers." And I was like, feeling a bit downtrodden. And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure." Although I do have another offer for you. And then he was like, you can do a, like, cause they're called suicide wings. He's like, you can do a suicide wing, uh, roulette where you order a plate of Buffalo wings, but one of them oh, is. Jackson, I love this fucking game show element that you're bringing to your own human life. Honestly, it was one of the strangest interactions in a restaurant, which already causes anxiety for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jackson loves talking to people in service positions that he doesn't know. It's true. My favorite thing. Um, but yeah, anyway, we, we went with that, and then it was very clear which one was which because it was like vibrant, a like, different angry, color, angry. <laughs> yeah, like the guy brought it out, I was like, oh, I guess you can just tell, and I was like, yeah. End of the story is like it was very spicy, but it was fine. Wait, did he? Was this the first time he'd done this? Did he invent the wing? <laughs> this guy was like literally kind of like, oh yeah. I mean, like last time I ate them, I had like fourteen, but I threw up, you know. And I was like, what is wrong? I mean, having had one, I was like, what is wrong with you? That would make you want to clear two whole plates. Was it not nice? Um, here's the thing, flavor-wise, kind of sweet, but it's just like, you take a bite and you're like, oh, that's spicy, and then it just builds for 10 minutes, um, yeah. and it's like, instantly I was like, sweating, and like, crying. <laughs> um, so just a regular day for all yeah, the chicos. Yeah, yeah. Regular for me. Um, one fun thing- Jackson that- wakes up, just starts sweating. <laughs> one fun thing that Saint noted, um, was that at 4am, um, after one of these wings, my like, stomach just started gurgling. Like, just like, like, like not even just kind of like, is that person going to shit themselves sort of thing? Just like very unusual sounds. And then I just started sweating. And from like 4am to like 8am, I was just like slick with sweat, but entirely unconscious, like just like sleeping. Obviously my body being like, you have poisoned yourself. (laughs) And just being like, what am I doing? Um, Yeah. That's that's fantastic. But honestly, after like putting all that horrific spice in my mouth, the more distasteful experience was talking to that horrible Jordan <laughs> Belfort. Yeah, that was like, let me, let me sell you this pen. I was like, I don't want it. Leave me alone, please. Maybe he went down for white collar crime and then like, he's not allowed to do any kind of trading anymore. But like, so he's like trying to live out that Fortune 500 dream in this shitty little restaurant. Yeah, and like, he's working his way back up. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only way he can get the thrill of like, you know, trading like penny stocks and that sort of thing is by like making people eat dangerously spicy food and taking them to hospital. <laughs> the only way. The judge sentenced him. He was like, all right, Charles, you're not allowed to do any more stocks. You have to work your way back up from a wing slinger. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I sentence you to three years of wings. <laughs> <laughs> This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello and welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Network. I am, as always, your Dungeon Master, Benjamin Timothy McAllister. Welcome to the program. And uh, over to his right is your uh, clean sheen friend, uh, J.K. Usid. And over to his right, the cleanest of the well-washed and groomed uh, members of the podcast, it is the uh, recently legally protected T.M. Owen. And um, oh, We'll come back to that. Sorry, go on. As a species, they're like, this one can't die out. <laughs> <laughs> they already got koalas. And uh, I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Criminal because it's stealing somebody else's IP. I mean, it doesn't exist in podcast. Yeah. What? Uh, Is that why? I'm it's joking. So- I'm Grace Chapo. Uh, oh, you pranked us. So, if you're yeah. wondering why that was such a clean and wholesome intro, it's because we just did our intro, and it was probably like the spiciest intro we've done in a while. And we did the intro, and then we sat around and discussed whether that intro was okay or not, and decided that we would just do a clean. You know, a power clean, as they say in the heavy metal community. I think. We we should do a clean episode, you know? It's just getting too dirty in here. Yeah, we need a- no swears. No. Did your dad say something? No cusses. No cusses. <laughs> we did a no cuss episode, like, a couple of weeks ago. Do you not remember where I beeped out it- all the cusses? Didn't it become worse than ever in the end? Yeah, it became the most cuss-heavy episode yeah. because we looked the, up that list of cuss words. The tantalization of cussing <laughs> was too great. The ultimate taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put anything off the table, I'm going sniffing. Like, I'll find it again. Oh, boys. Boys and girl, I am... I felt better. I felt better, to be honest with you. I have felt better at times in my life. What if we go posh instead? Ooh. Hello. Topo cheerio. Well, how about you go posh? I'll go sporty. Oh. Oh, okay. Why aren't you sporty? Because you're scary. <laughs> Damn. Can I be the baby? Got me again. Yeah, you're obviously baby, dude. <laughs> Okay, guys, guys, guys. (laughs) Why did we, like, what were we doing when we were like, hey, you know how this is a podcast where we only have 90 minutes to record? Why don't we talk about the Spice Girls for like six solid minutes? It's because I've been trying to get the Spice Girls onto the show for fucking months now, and I knew the only way I could get that into the content and not cut on the floor is by making it the only content. Um, fair enough. I will say also that the Spice Girls, after they broke up, the manager went and formed S Club 7. So if you're an S Club 7 fan, just remember, the S probably stands for Spice. He he tried five times afterwards and was like, nope, nope, nope. And then on the seventh time, he was like, we did it. (laughs) Yeah. I think Spice Club 1... Well, Spice Club 1 was obviously the Spice Girls. Obviously. Spice Club 0. Maybe they were Spice Club 0, though. And then there's some number of iterations of, like, Two like six, bastard, is- bastard children. Okay, boys and girls, let's recap the world of How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons uh, with a bit of a recap. When we last left our heroes, they were continuing their trek through the Temple of Silence underneath Drasilia and Cerulea's hometown, Hastings. Having braved many challenges already, the group eventually found themselves in an ancient, formerly locked Sine library, where they learned a great many things about the pieces, the Sine themselves, and Maleficus, the shadowy figure seemingly behind the events our heroes find themselves wrapped up in. 
Of course, this trip to the library wasn't before Cerulea revealed that she had followed them secretly into the temple, and was now trapped somewhere behind them through a locked door. That brings us to right now. Oh, all right, boys and girl. At the end of this podcast, we're going to look down, back down the beach behind us. And there's, in some places, there's only going to be three sets of footprints, and those are going to be the bits of the beach where I passed out and you had to carry me. What's that for? Jesus Let's get cracking. Okay, boys and girls. I say boys and girls because I'm referring to Duncan and Jody and Drasilia and Petunia, who are all kicking around inside the library inside the Temple of Silence, where you've all just learned some mysterious shit. As you're sitting there, having maybe like, I don't know, do you, do you think you guys talk to each other about it? Like what you found? Probably seems reasonable, I think. <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, I think so. E- even though Petunia's right there. Oh yeah, fuck that. We kill Petunia first. <laughs> Why do you keep making us bring NPCs around? <laughs> fuck the NPCs. He just wants to be part uh, of put it. that on a t-shirt. You could sell it on the internet to bad people. So, are you guys talking about it or not? Do you share your inf- you share your intel or do you keep it close to the chest? Um, I think is there some- just tell Patricia to fuck off for him. Uh, yeah, Patricia. is there like Patricia <laughs> get fucked? <laughs> what show is this? Yeah. Is there something in the room that we can use to distract her? <laughs> hey look it's a book and just throw it across the room Josilia, make if you want to pick up like a book off the shelf and try and convince her that it's like super interesting and relevant to her interests go ahead and make a performance check for me to sell this book to her and whilst you make that performance <gasps> check tell me what you say and how you do I'm, she oh shouldn't have to God. do it it's a net 20 like she can just do it okay fuck yeah I okay 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 off a random book off the shelf like I don't even look at it and I look dead into Petunia's eyes, and I'm like, Petunia, I need you to analyze this. The fate of the entire land is on your <laughs> It's the uh, Sine Kama Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Petunia, who has been feeling a little bit downcast, cast aside as it were, uh, looks up at this book that you're holding out to her and sees the earnestness in your face, your fake <laughs> earnestness. Oh no, And uh, she's like, okay, Drazi, for you. And she walks over and she takes the book and she goes oh, and no. sits down and, and promptly buries her nose in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off one hit point for shame. <laughs> oof. A big oof point? Yeah. yeah. Um, Good. What, what, can you just say what the book is, Ben? Like, what do you think the we book is? We already established! No, no, no. With the nat 20, I want Grace to say what the book is. Oh, um, I mean, I guess if it's something useful, then... No, no, no. It's going to be something random. You explicitly yeah. stated a random book. So yeah, it was a 20. <laughs> yeah, which means you picked a really good random book that convinced her to keep busy. So tell me what that um, random book is. Okay, it's like a really dry history of the area. Oh, that's probably interesting. Okay. She, it she literally doesn't this- mention a single water feature. Yeah. A history of the dry area is what it's called. Great. Yep. Uh, okay, so while she's distracted, you guys can kind of huddle up in the corner and, and you know, share some whispers and some secrets with each other. That's literally what and we're doing right now. I love that. Well, as a result of that, guess what happens, boys and girl? You all level up. Whoa! Oh, oh, the power all along. We just had to share with each Whoa. other. Who would have thought? That's yeah. the big obstacle this mission was getting Petunia away from us. Yeah, <laughs> We solved it, the puzzle. I knew it. I knew it. Oh my god. So I was like, fuck yeah, what an exciting level. All I get is extra attack. And then I was like, wait, no, that was last level. Yeah, I was going to say, at- are you telling me you now have four attacks? <laughs> and then I look at the level it actually is, and all I get is an ability score improvement. Which does mean I could take a feat. Hey, you know how yes. sometimes you tell yes. us when we need to prepare things for the session? This would have been a great one to have in advance. <laughs> Why don't we get T to look at the feet while we quickly... Yeah. Let's do a hit die. Let's do a hit die thing. Hit die roll up. I'll do it with Jody. Hit me up. Hit me up. I need the other books. This is honestly... Okay, T, well, we can we can worry about your feet later if you like. We can just say you have an ab- like one ability. Yeah, we can worry about your feet later if that helps. I'm going to surprise um, it on you all at some point. Yes. Yes. Okay. Jo- yes. D- dude, actually, T, I love secret that. Feet. Secret feet. At some point, you just have to do a thing and announce... How you've done that. So, Wait, so t- he get Okay, that's... Okay, sure, I'm happy with that. That I is get, a very good feat. I get, like, nothing. I get ability score improvement and absolutely nothing else. That's literally the complaint I just made, Grace. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Is that everyone? <laughs> that was right. Yeah. I wasn't listening because I was too busy getting on with it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Hit die for Jody. D8, right? Yep. Uh, I'm going to take yours. It's a seven, baby. Ooh, I rolled a one. Fuck yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That's a big, a big up for Jody. Uh, who, who was that rolling? Both Thomas and myself. Okay, Gracie, you're up first. I've got a roll for you. I'm taking mine. It's a five. Fuck me! <laughs> You roll hit dice like a motherfucker. You, how many fucking hit points do you have as a sorcerer? Jesus Christ. Okay, remember to add your um, constitution and also plus one because of your dr- dragon feature. The thing Wait, you forget every second. single time. I rolled a D8. Was I supposed to roll a D6? A D6, Gracie. Is this why your hit points are so high? No, <laughs> this is my new sheet. We haven't done a level up since then. <laughs> All right, hang on. We have to shoot again. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> Okay, I've still got my roll. Don't fucking worry about it. I want a six, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Drazilia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. All right, DK. It's a D10, right? Give me that. Yep. I'm taking yours. It's a six. Oh, thank goodness. Mine was a two. Ha, ha, ha. Bra, bra. All right. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Bra, bra, pew, pew. So, everyone just gets ability scores? Is that about the shape of things? Well, here's the thing. So, the way my unarmored uh, defense works is that basically I get to add my dexterity and wisdom uh, modifier to my AC. And so, because I just got up my wisdom uh, two points, uh, it means my AC is now 19. So, that's pretty pretty handy. Oh, fuck. That's neat. So, Jody's a bit harder to hit because he's so wise. In the brain? <laughs> exactly. Well, I think just in the brain, I think the, the whole the whole body mind complex, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Body mind and soul. I love all that. If you like Gracie, we can also give you secret feet, which is to say you can just at some point announce that you've taken a certain feat and then do the thing. But obviously Ooh, you're should we also real quick just say on mic in case people forget the character sheets how many hit points we have? Yeah. yeah. Do it. Because I have I have ninety six now. I have hundred and twenty now. I'm 93. Fuck me, <laughs> <laughs> This is absurd. You're a fucking sorcerer. <laughs> she keeps rolling fives and sixes. I don't think you've rolled anything but a five and six on your head I mean, dice. It probably helps if you're rolling no. d8s for like half the time. No, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, see, charisma is just lying. I totally haven't. I've just always taken yours when I rolled bad, and you always roll good when I roll bad. Yeah, that's the thing about six is it's a small range of numbers. I'm going to just take the ability score because um, I'll just forget to use a feat if I take one. I love that self-awareness, Grace. What ability are you pumping up? I'm doing dexterity. Ooh. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. That probably gets up your AC, right? Yeah, it does. And also daggers. Also daggers, true. Daggers. It's about how quickly you made that make a certain kind of sense. Top if you put your constitution up, you'd have more hit points than Jackson again. <laughs> <laughs> No, you wouldn't. Yeah, it's retroactive. <laughs> it is. It, you get one point for every level, so she'd get 12 hit points. Oh, my lord. <laughs> um, no, I'm really stoked to actually improve some of my abilities because I have, like, fucking none. I've just got charisma abilities. What does your dexterity become now, Gracie? 12. Oh, okay. So I think, like, the way that manifests is that you guys all chat to, to Druzzy, and then, like, whilst you're chatting, you see her stance just shift into a more like, and, and probably Jody notices it immediately that like all of a sudden Drasilia just looks more like balanced and ready for action, just a little bit, you know, just like she just looks a little bit. Young woman, you know. Can, <laughs> can we say that the reason Duncan has a secret feat is because he kind of only half leveled up, but the wisdom he gained was that like old there's useful information in these books and he's going to pocket some of them without knowing what they are and just read them at random intervals until he learns some yes, new dude, thing. I love that. I, is Duncan just going to take a grab bag of random books? Yeah, he li- he's just bagging some random books. And, you know, like... That. Put it in the Hermione bag. Yeah, write down assortment of random books in Hermione bag because what I'm going to do is... Um, I'm going to say you have like, what, 10 random books in there? And then at any time, if you want to read one of those books, I'm going to roll a D hundred. And then based on that roll, the usefulness of that information is going to be decided. <laughs> Wait, so I get a secret feat and magical books? Yeah, I'm going to say that the magical books are kind of a party deal. Haha, that's what we get for role playing, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, hey. Yeah, that's right. I love role playing. So we've all so, so you've leveled, leveled up. up. Yeah. I reckon let's just keep pushing forward so we can head back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so there's only one place that you guys have seen so far that you haven't been, which is when you're in the elevator car, you hit the button for floor one that you had to light up with your piece, and then that allowed you to get into the library. And if you go back and hit the button for floor two, maybe you'll get up to floor two. Who knows? Um, So do you guys start walking out of the library or what? Yeah, Yeah, let's get in the elevator. Let's go to level two. Are we leaving Petunia down here to die a a dark fate or what's up? No, let's bring her with. I was getting to that. I think if you start walking out of the room, Petunia's like, oh, we're going? Um, Okay, Uh, look, Drazzy, I'm really sorry. That wasn't much time. I haven't really found anything yet. Uh, I'll take it with me, though. I'll I'll keep keep reading. And she she starts reading the book as she walks along. Thank you. The fate of the world is in your hands. So do you guys get in the elevator? Yep. <laughs> okay, back in the elevator. It sounds like it did the last time I described it. And then there's two buttons on the wall. And you've already been to floor... Well, I guess there's three, actually, because there has to be one for the ground floor that you guys came from. So, Redcon, there are three buttons. Yeah, we hit the last button. My finger is on the button. Is that a reference to something, T? It sure is. It's a song, I think. I don't know. Okay, you hit that it might button, be a reference. smash... You smash that motherfucking like button. button. (laughs) That's what uh, it sounds like. As a result, yeah, it sounds like this. And then the elevator's. No, 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 okay. Duncan. The Cerulea call out. Sorry, that was. Josh. That's far too great. That's great. That's too great. Yeah, it's a fart button. That, that's like the person who built this Sine temple clearly has a really good sense of humor because they built a fart button into the elevator. <laughs> yeah, all the seats in here will be convinced. I'm going to kill every Sine I meet now. Oh. Is this oh, a no. new fish people thing? Huge. Anyone who builds fart buttons into elevators. Just always looking for somebody to kill. The thing is, in addition to making a fart noise, it also sprays fart smelling gas into the elevator. Oh, and no. it's just there. Also, but is this wild? Because surely Duncan is the most flatulent member of our party. Nah, I've drawn resilience. I, th- I think that's <laughs> smells. You can't be harmed by poisons, but you definitely create them. Just slowly <laughs> inoculating myself. <laughs> All right, we go. Oh, we go it's like up. A Princess Bride thing. Okay, so the elevator goes up, and then the doors open, and y'all find yourselves in a large open room. This room seems too large, given the size of the clock tower that you entered maybe five sessions ago. And it's it's roughly cylindrical, and it's ringed by 12 stained glass windows with portraits of different figures. And on the far side of the room, you see a curious... I guess you'd say... George? Yeah, Curious George, little (laughs) monkey. No, you see an interesting, what appears to be a sculpture. It's a design of intricately woven wrought copper and dull, semi-opaque glass that is faintly glowing. It's probably about person-sized, and it's definitely... Despite, like, the fact that you're in a room ringed by 12 giant floor-to-ceiling stained glass windows, this thing is, for some reason, it's the most eye-catching thing in the room. And there are also these six rectangular down lights, if you like, suspended from the ceiling, casting these big columns of light across the floor in stripes that basically span the floor of the room, essentially creating alternating rectangular bars of additional light and comparative darkness. So like like traps, right? Like light light based sort of traps, like it's sort of like Razor Lost Ark sort of light trap sort of situation i don't know dude <laughs> um he's just reading what's in front of him <laughs> what is yeah i'm just reading what's on the page here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what do the stained glass windows depict what can we see from the doorway they depict 12 figures Drazilia, you definitely recognize one of these figures one of these figures is the willowy elf woman from your Damn. various visions Another one of the figures appears to be roughly man-shaped and is wearing a hood. You probably recognize, uh, you know what, give me... No, you know, f- fuck it. You just, you just recognize him as the man from the beach in your vision at the sea temple who was proffering 
the keystone to the, the fish. Keystone, yeah. Yeah. I think Jody, upon seeing that, probably points out like the willowy woman and is like, there was a um a portrait I took from upstairs that um it it had the image of that woman. She's the lady I dream about. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, I <laughs> visions, yeah, you know, my weird visions. Nah, you don't oh, believe me. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're very persuasive. I'm sure <laughs> you could convince us if you were like, I dream about her. Uh, I mean, bloody uh, visions. Oh, gee. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you're very charismatic. Oh, yeah. There is one more stained glass window that would certainly gather all of your attention, oh, which yeah. is also a figure that is roughly man-shaped, but it is distinctive... In that it is cracked. There are spider webs of cracks all over it, kind of obscuring the figure to some extent. All you can see of the figure is that it's roughly man-shaped and that they are wearing dark robes. Do they look similar to the robes we saw of the figure that vanished with Valyria all those moons ago? I'll say this. They look similar in that they are black robes. Huge. Hasn't changed it up in thousands. Yeah, bloody, he must smell terrible. <laughs> um, okay, so what you're telling me is we're being faced by some weird statue cage thing, and this is the room where all the cine locked up old man. I don't think he is telling you that. But he might be implying it, inferring it. Yeah. As in, do you think this is like a connection to an obelisk sort of thing? They cracked the window in some way, which released him? Maybe. I mean, surely the cracked figure is Maleficus. Yeah, that, that, right. but like if he's back and he, he got out of like an obelisk or something like that, That's right. maybe the rest are similarly contactable mm-hmm. or freeable. Maybe fucking, maybe we can just like get the rest of them out to deal with this and we can go chill. Yes. You're saying we should Vacation. smash the window that looks like the lady that Druzzy is mad for? Yeah. The woman of her dreams. Oh, yes. Um, well, maybe not smash. Well, let's just like we can analyze. But maybe- <laughs> okay, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are still standing in the doorway. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I don't think we need to talk about it. We all know these mm. are pictures of the cine. Yeah. So, does anyone want to step out into this room first? <laughs> yeah, Jordy will test his high AC that he's just gotten. Nice. Yeah, Jordy will take a step out of the elevator into the room. Okay, you're standing in the room. Are you going anywhere in particular? So, stained glass windows around, and then in the center of the room, there's light cascading almost in like a barrier, if you were to, if, for example, you could suggest that. No. And then there's not, the not, a, the not a barrier. Not a barrier, just to, just to clarify. It's, it's just like they're lights casting light on the floor. Just like, you know, like a room where, like, say there's like right. light trickling in through the window and there's bars of light on the floor. There are six bars of light that basically okay. like span the room on the floor. And okay, so and and so can we see those beams of light through the space? Lights and like are they visible beams of light? No, no, it's just light on the ground. And then on the far side of the room is the interesting, fascinating wrought right. copper sculpture. I want you guys to, to to question like whether, given the fact that I've described this as essentially just lights in a room, if it wasn't me, a human being, describing this to you in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, but instead a room you walked into, whether you would think there was anything weird about that at all. Well, Jody's seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, so I think he wants <laughs> to like roll up real stealthy and then like. Like, look to see if he can see anything out of the ordinary. And Duncan hails from a world without electricity, so a light in the ceiling is pretty eye-catching and strange. It's a skylight. I mean, you've seen tons of magical lights at this point, DK, in every room in this temple and all the other temples you've been in. Yeah, but his hard wiring is from earlier life. Yeah. It's still, like, weird every time. Like... Even if you'd seen a dog ride a horse, it'd still look weird every He's time you saw like it He's never seen, like, a gas lamp. But if you saw a dog ride a horse in every room you walked into and... We can't. In like I'm sorry. No, I'm, cutting, I'm, I'm cutting it right now. There's no more light talk. Um, uh, Jody wants to roll it up and, like, almost shine his hand in front of one of the lights, like, testing it. So just to, just to make sure you have a clear picture of what's going on here, the lights are on the ceiling and they're just creating, like, pools of light on the, on the floor. Right. You can't reach the actual lights. Like, it's literally just there's bars of light. Oh, you mean they're they're on the ceiling and, like, Jody can't get to them? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you want to run up the walls, be my guest, my friend. Go and stick your hand in the light. Yeah, Jody does that. He goes up there and, like, sticks his hand in the light. Oh, wait. To the roof? So you run up the walls. You run up the walls and then across the ceiling and then stick Mm -hmm. your hand in front of one of the lights. Is that about the shape of things? Mm Mm-hmm. Why can you just run up on the floor? (laughs) Well, like, look, what... Look... 
If you could fly, why wouldn't you fly? You know what I mean? Weird flex, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's a very weird flex. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing happens when you do that. Okay, Jody's convinced there's no traps in this room now. He's done the, the correct analysis. That's it. That's all that can be done. Duncan's going to go have a look at the statue without touching it. Okay, in order to get over to the statue, Duncan walks into one of these room-spanning bars of vertical light, and when he does... Yeah, Duncan, you are grabbed, I would say grappled, and lifted off your feet by something you can't see, and to the rest of you standing there, wherever the fuck you're standing, you just see Duncan levitate off the ground. I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative for me. Hey, oh, it's me, your friendly neighborhood podcast man. That's a new one, Big B, just checking in on you in the middle of the show as per usual. Thanks as always for listening to Chapter 44. We sincerely appreciate it. You all rock. I'm just going to take this opportunity to give you a few programming notes this week. Firstly, as we speak, I am packing my bag to fly back home to Australia, so we should be back on our regular Friday night release schedule, alternate Fridays, that is, pretty soon. Thank you so much for your patience while I've been over here. It's been an extremely cool experience, and yeah, thanks. Secondly, and probably more excitingly, we have some live shows coming up. Um, I unfortunately can't go into too much detail about this right now, but suffice to say they'll be in September of this year, and if that is the kind of thing that interests you, keep your ear to the ground. Uh, lastly, we've had a bit of an increase in following on social media, so I'm going to be putting together a little how to listen to HTW Laid post on this very feed here in a little while, so hopefully that'll make things easier for new listeners, and if you've been looking for a way to share the show around, that might just be the perfect thing. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media yourself, go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Curio Network, and on Twitter at HTWLA. Okay, won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. You all rock. Enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, they're magnets. Um, give me your initiative rolls. Seven. Sixteen plus one dexterity. What was it? Um, nice. Uh, yeah, seven. Oh my god. I'm the fastest. Well, I think oh, Jody is um, probably like floating down from the ceiling. Like he ran up there, and now it's just, like slow falling down. That's why it's so slow. Um, Gracie, I wouldn't say you're the fastest because the first thing that happens is okay. DK, what's your AC? Does sixteen hit it? No. Nah. What about eleven? Also won't hit it. In which case, aha, uh-huh, nineteen probably will. And I need you, Duncan, to take. Nine points of blighting damage as you just feel some of your constitution sucked out of your body. Oh, this is perfect for Drizzlia, I guess. She can just take all that. Too many hit points. You're still, <laughs> you're, still, you're still floating, DK, and you're still grappled. And you can probably feel as though something physical is grabbing you around the, like chest, shoulders, and neck region and oh. lifting you up off the ground. And next in the order is Druzzy. You see a floating Duncan. That's all you see. You probably see him wince a bit as uh, he takes nine points of blighting damage. Um, cool, cool, cool. He can take it. <laughs> we know he can. <laughs> what I want to know um, is how much does the statue weigh and can I pick it up and pull it over to me with my magical mind? You mean the statue on the far side of the room? Yeah. I'm gonna say probably not. I'm gonna say it's affixed to the ground, but I love where your head's at. God damn it. And I'm, I'm, I'm way into this kind of thinking outside the box, but I don't think it's gonna work here specifically. I think I'm in a little bit of a loss of what to do. Um, Does anyone have C invisibility? No. Ooh. I have mage hand. I just... <laughs> Is that that far from a <laughs> I'm also just... I'm pretty low on health. Yeah, I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe smash the light or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Jolly wouldn't have had it because she's an idiot. But um, <laughs> yells out, smash the light or something. All right. Um, Drazi shoots magic missiles at the lights. Okay, there are six of these lights. What are you doing with your magic missiles? Yeah, so I just hit the three closest ones. 
Okay. Can you make sure one of them is the one I'm in? Well, presumably it is. <laughs> yeah, seeing as you walked into it. Um, go ahead and, and roll damage for those. It's three, three, and five. Okay. I'm going to say the five is on the one that's carrying Duncan. And you. you see the light bar in the top of the ceiling. Uh, a spiderweb of cracks emerge across it, but it's still there. And spiderweb then- of cracks. Yeah, across the light. And then the next person to act is Jody. Jody, you see Duncan get levitated up in this pool of light that you just touched because you're a little bit sus about it and found nothing sus about it. Obviously, there's something sus about it now. And Jazilia <laughs> tries to shoot out the lights. What do you do? Yeah, Jody is so fucking confused. Um, I think Jody, probably not possessing much magic himself, I guess would probably just try and pull Duncan out of the light. So he runs off into the light? (laughs) Well, not into the light, but like, as in, presumably, like, he's got some reach, right? He's got a fucking, like, uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. So you can can reach out and just, you can reach out and, like, grab Duncan and try and pull him back out of the light. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to say this manifests as a strength contest. So go ahead and give me a strength roll. God damn. What a stupid thing. But what if I I do a flip? Can I feel, like, limbs around me or what? You can feel something grabbing you, like gripping you around your like chest, shoulder, throat region. Like, a, yeah, I guess you'd say like big hands. Like, can I try to peel its fingers off me whilst Jody's pulling on me to assist the strength check? Yeah, fuck it. Of course you can. You can assist that strength check. So go ahead and take advantage, Jody. Fuck um, no. Now, is it a strength or an athletics check? What would you say? <laughs> I'm gonna say strength. Yeah, okay, it's a twelve. Ah, oh, dang. Well, in that case, you nearly, you feel like some give, like you feel him move. And what you gain from that is that there's some thing holding onto him, pulling him back. And like, you're almost strong enough to pull him out of its grip, but not quite. And then it's Duncan's turn. DK, you're being held by this thing, but you're not immobilized. You can still do stuff. And you're aware of the fact that there's this big thing in front of you. Like probably your arm movement is a little bit restricted as it's grabbing your shoulders, but I'm not going to say you can't like... You know, imagine like your arms are being held a little bit around the shoulders. You can still kind of T-Rex arm it and do stuff. <laughs> if you want to do something, you can do something. Do you want to give us little T-Rex arms for the fans? Dude, no, I'm not dressed for Instagram. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me. How close is the light? Like, could I hit it with my sword? Uh, no, you couldn't hit it with the sword, but you could probably like throw something at it. You've got hand axes, or yeah. you could probably um, yeah, you probably can't really get a bow out. Like, I'm gonna throw a fucking hand axe at the thing at the light. Yeah, nice. Nineteen to hit. Fuck yeah! Roll that damage. Nine damage. Okay, your hand axe wedges into one of the spiderweb cracks made by Drazilia's magic missile and shatters the light above you. As the light shatters, the pool of light around your feet dissipates. And as that light dissipates, the thing holding you is revealed to you. It is a horrifying, twisted, writhing mass of shadow-made flesh. And its long, strong fingers are grabbing you around the throat, shoulders, and neck. But upon seeing this light dissipate, it screams and drops you. And you've still got some attacks, I expect? Yeah, that was only one hand axe. Yeah, nice, dude. So you're now standing there. You, like, fall down to the ground, and you're just standing in front of this thing. It's way bigger than you. It's probably, like, double Duncan's height, and it's made of this, like, writhing pool of shadow. Mm. And what do you do? Well, normally things that are that big don't have very good ACs, normally. So I'm going to power attack this thing. Yeah, nice. With my greatsword. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, 15 to hit? Oof, that won't do it. Oh, well, I still have another attack. <laughs> uh, that one's a critical. Oh, um, fuck. Critical power attack? I yep. love that. Go on then, dude. Roll me all that damage. You get to re-roll that one. That's five. Oh, uh, so five plus 12 is 17. Plus the 10 from power attack makes it 27. Plus a six, 33 damage. Jesus Christ. Okay, so Duncan's been gripped by this thing. It becomes visible and drops to the ground in front of him. And in, I guess, rage, Duncan swings out with his greatsword with a powerful power attack. And you feel this magically imbued uh, greatsword with a piece in the hilt of it sink in. And it's like 
almost like unsettling how quickly the blade like stops as it sinks into this uh, shadow made flesh but you hear the thing scream again and recoil and now that it is this thing's turn you oh but it's not though because I'm going to action surge (laughs) and hit it three more fucking times with my sword yeah dude I love that go on are these power attacks or not uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First one's a one. Okay. Next one is only 13 to hit, so I assume that's not doing it. That's not doing it. And, oh, you know what? That 13, I'm going to use a precision strike on that uh-huh. to turn it into an 18 to hit. Yeah, for sure. That hits, my friend. Give me that power attack. It's going to take 26 damage from that one. Oh! <sighs> And then my final attack. One more gun. <laughs> my final attack is gonna be 16 to hit. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> that is uh 9, 15, 25 damage. Jesus. Okay, so I guess Don Khan didn't take too kindly to being fucking grabbed and levitated up into the air. To being and he's decided to to just go beast mode on this shadow creature. <laughs> Don't fucking touch me, says Dungan. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you've given this thing a good hiding, and now it's now it's the shadow beast's turn, and you all see the shadow beast. Well, you just kind of see it. I'm gonna say you see it kind of like suck back. It's not like it's stepping back. It's like it's like being sucked back like a cloud of smoke into the next bar of light across the room. And now it's invisible again. So is there a way to the statue that just ignores the other bars of light? Gee, wouldn't that be a shitty design of an encounter? (laughs) (laughs) But I I have another question for you then. Is there a way to get across running along the roof and then dropping down to get to the statue, which ignores the bars of light? Uh, You'd have to run, like, kind of under them, but, like, you wouldn't have to go on the ground. Right. Interesting. Just out of curiosity. Uh, It's now Drazilia's turn. You got five of these light bars left along the ground. You got these light fixtures. You've damaged two of them. You've seen the creature disappear into one of them. What are you doing? Okay. My question for you is, how high is the ceiling? Too Uh, damn high. (laughs) (laughs) I love that meme. Um, The ceiling is... 20 feet high. It's a big room. Um, well, I'm just thinking about fireballing the room. Oh, nice. And like oh, whether there's a way nice. I can hit anything that's on the floor as well as the lights. But I don't... It's a sphere of 20 feet, so I don't think that's possible. Um, oh, if it's a sphere radius. of 20 foot radius, yeah, then it definitely will envelop it's, all the lights. Well, not, probably not all the lights because of the way they're spaced out, but like some of the lights and the floor as well. Some of the lights... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Um, I think it's important to note that after seeing the Shadow Beast, Petunia recoils and uh, is just kind of like off in the corner of the room. Does anyone remember how big Cone of Cold was? Um, Big kind. Yeah. (laughs) Big enough to be funny, right? We were kind of like that. (laughs) Like a really big, fat, fat, nasty cone. Yeah, for sure. 60-foot cone. Yeah. Yeah, like a 69-foot cone, am I right? Oh, fuck Uh, so, um, 420 foot guys. Based on your understanding of the room, if I were to move into the room to be sort of next to Duncan, uh-huh. which which of those am I going to hit more of the lights with? With a, what are you using? A 60 foot cone or a fireball? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Which is going to hit Oh, more? okay, okay. Which is going to hit more? Jesus. Okay, let me do some quick maths. Matt's not hot. Love that. He's about to be cold because it's a cone of cold, Gracie, <laughs> that you're going to use. I'm going to say with the cone of cold, you can hit 60 feet, 20 foot high room. Realistically, you can probably hit all but the last one of these bars of light. Uh, all right, we're doing it. cone of cold. Fuck yeah. Okay, go Goodbye, ahead and blast level me. five spells. <laughs> go ahead and blast me that cone of cold and go ahead and roll the damage for me. You know what? How many How many damage is it? What's the, what's the hit it's dice 88, on it? It's 88, dude. 
plus yeah, your you. cold modifier. Yeah. So even, if you roll, even if you roll all ones when you're adding five, you can't do a small enough amount of damage that you don't break these five panes of light. So Jesse basically walks out up to Duncan, points at the ceiling, and just, like, blasts the fucking ceiling with a 60-foot cone of fucking ice and sleet and snow. Like, I guess she's just fucking had enough. I'm gonna say uh, some of that rain of ice and sleet and snow also goes and, like, hits the stained glass windows, and uh, some of them just, you know, crack a little bit, but don't shatter. Uh, as you fucking blast out, like, four of these light fixtures on the roof, uh, quickly removing uh, the the bars of light from the floor, and now making visible again the horrifying, writhing massive shadow, which probably alarmingly was standing in just the next bar of light next to you waiting to leap out at you but now it's visible again and there's only one more bar for it to hide in jody it's your turn man it's a real shame that your family and friends asked you to come in here and fix this clock tower and you're just in here (laughs) (laughs) did it take code of cold damage uh, I imagine, like, you were kind of blasting it at the ceiling, right? To hit the light fixtures, because it's a cone. It's a 60 foot cone. Yeah, no, it got torched, dude. Yeah. It it's, it's 100% blast. She's not pointing straight up at the ceiling. Okay, well, this is the question. What's your, what's your trajectory then, Gracie? Are you pointing up or are you pointing, like, at some weird angle? I would have to, because they're all in front of me. All right, let's. If, you, if you're pointing it at, like, an angle, let's, let's see how he does. 15 against your save DC? It's 17. Okay, go ahead and roll the call. Oh, wait, hang on. Never mind. Uh, go on, go on. No, it's it's fine. It just decided to use its its legendary action to to, to choose not to fail that saving throw. So it's, it still takes... It, it's, it takes 4d8 cold damage then. So, so roll 8d8 and then it takes half. Yep. Yep, there you are. So just do that twice. 14, 16, 30, 30. Wait, what's my cold bonus? It's yeah, your, your plus bonus. charisma. Yep. So 18 then. Great. Okay. Uh, He gets some little shards of ice sticking out of his shadowy mass. And now it's Jody's turn. You've got this spicy, icy, shadowy boy (laughs) standing on the ground in front of you, no longer illuminated in a pool of hiding light. Uh, What do you do, adventurer? Yeah, great. Okay, yeah. Jody's going to like swing his staff into it and just try and like go ham. Light it up, BB. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the first one to hit is uh, 21 to hit. That does it. Hell yeah. Um, terrific. So that'll be, uh, 12 damage. And then I'm going to, uh, do Flurry of Blows. Um, so that'll be 27 to hit and a, uh, 22 to hit. Also hits. So that's more D8s. Uh, so it's 21 total damage from the, from the punches. Nice, nice. Um, and then can it take a save for me? Um, a, a strength save. Okay. Mm-hmm. 18. 18 will do it. Okay. And then I'll attack it uh, one more he's time. He's a big strong man. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so tw- 24 to hit. 24 hits him. Terrific. Um, oof. So that's uh, 8 damage. And I'm going to... Um, that's it. Yeah. So that's uh, just, just 8, eight damage. damage. Jesus. Okay. So you, you pummel him a bit with some fists and copper, I guess. And uh, you definitely see like chunks of shadows sloughing off his form. And he seems to be like... If, if this writhing mass of shadow vaguely humanoid shaped could breathe it would appear to be breathing heavy to you now it's Duncan's turn you got this thing standing in front of you ready for battle I'm gonna cut it to fucking pieces go on then my friend give it some strikes are you power attacking or no? I sure am 19 to hit yep that'll do it that one is 25 damage yep oh Jesus okay yep 15 to hit no. Uh, unfortunately, 15 is a no. Um, I should have added the position before saying, oh, well. Um, and then... We also knew that it was 16 hey? last time as well. Yeah. <laughs> 20 to hit. Yup. <laughs> uh, 27 damage. Okay. Jesus. This thing looks pretty fucking... Pretty fucking cut to ribbons. But it decides to step around Duncan without stepping out of his area of influence. And given that we'd established it was standing right in the next bar and Drazilia was standing right next to Duncan, reaches out and slashes down across Drazilia. Now, is he outside of my range of influence? Because surely he can't move around both me and Duncan. Now, you know what? Fuck it. It doesn't make any sense for him to go to Drazilia if you're both standing there. I forgot um, that Jody was standing there as well. In which case, he decides instead to just lash out at Duncan with these uh, horrifying tendril shadow fingers. That is an 18 
another 18, and a 16 against AC. How you doing there, DK? Well, he's going to wish he didn't make the third attack, because the first two hit, and I repost him on the third one. <laughs> okay, before you do that, oh my god. Oh my god. This thing does, its damage dice on these regular hits are d12. I just rolled a 12 and an 11, and each of them is plus 5. So, DK, I need you to take 33 points of damage as this thing <laughs> rakes its shadowy fingers across you twice. I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and repost him. And that would have looked very bad on Drazilia. <laughs> It's a good thing you've got a chunky dunky friend in front of you then, just <laughs> Look, I won't lie, the report goes absolutely fucking nowhere because it's only 12 to hit. Yeah, great. And then the last thing he does is that fun trick where he sucks back away from you yet again into the last bar of light. And now it is Druzzy's turn. This, this shadow boy looked at you with malice, like shake, shook its shadowy fist at you for a minute and maybe thought it was going to attack you, but then decided to instead attack the little dwarf boy and then shadow step. Oh, I was 33 damage, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can we yeah. make it 32 so I can be on 69 hit points? Yeah, dude. Yeah, give me that six. <laughs> DJ nasty in that. Oh, um, yeah. So now that there's only one bar of light, is it possible yet to get to the statue without going through it? No, it's like right in front of the statue. God. So you'd have to like, it's yeah. like the last one across the room. Imagine these like rectangular stripes of light across the room. It's like the last one before the statue. Okay. What about um, Druzzy stands behind Duncan and magic missiles, the final... Shaft of light. light? With three yeah. shafts, with three things? Yeah, fucking absolutely. I love that. Go on, get it done. Give me it's those toast. Give me those damages. Probably will be. Well, I rolled eight, so. Like, they have ten, buddy. The lights? Yeah. I misread that. Is it too late to speed up that magic missile and hit it with a firebolt as well with my sorcery points? Yeah, sure. You can go ahead and speed up that thing and then you can use a cantrip. So go ahead and, I guess, roll an attack roll. I have to decide on an AC yeah. for these things. Oh, God. It's only a 12. Yeah, well, it is a light fixture. So I'm assuming that it doesn't have high dexterity. So uh, go ahead and roll your damage on that firebolt. What is it these days? Like 2d10? Two, two, two 3d10 now. Oh my god. Yeah, nice. Well, then don't worry about it, because the minimum damage you can deal is enough to shatter this final light with this chunky bolt of fire that comes out of your staff and once again reveals this horrifying, badly wounded shadow creature just standing on the ground in front of you. Now it's Jody's turn. You got this boy. He's looking un- he's looking displeased, uh, especially now that all of his light is gone and he just kind of screams at you. Probably what Jody does best and just like, <laughs> runs on in and uses that staff again. Yeah, nice. Give him, give him those strikes. Uh, so 20 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. Wonderful. So that's uh, 12 damage. Okay. Don't worry about rolling any more damage, my friend. As you bring this staff down upon this shadow creature, you feel it basically just like like a very cool like um, horror movie type thing where you strike it and it just like dissipates into a cloud of smoke as you hit it and your rod just passes through the air where it was. Is there any residue at all or is it like completely gone? Dude, that's the spooky thing. There's no residue, dude. It's just wow. gone. Wow. It's a cloud of smoke that then that then dissipates. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. Obi Wan did. Jody, Jody, Jody is just Jody is just like tapping his staff on the ground as if to check if it's still there. Yeah, I guess because you wouldn't know whether it had like turned into smoke and disappeared into cracks in the walls, right? Yeah. Here's smoky, smoky, smoky. <laughs> uh, great. So you guys are standing in this room now with this thing, and Petunia is just like. What the fuck was that thing? I mean, the robots were one thing, but what the fuck was that? Hang on. Petunia says the robots were one thing. Does she, does she encounter yeah, she robots? Does. Dude, she's- yeah, dude, she does. That's wild. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Is that she- Why would she know what a robot is? And you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Drazilia turns to Petunia and is like, how are you going with the book, though? That's the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, oh, um. I'll get back to it later. What? What's that thing? And you see her kind of looking a little glassy-eyed and transfixed by this sculpture of uh, wrought copper and semi-opaque glass that is now unobstructed before you. Let's check it out. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel did. like... I did bad. We well, should be able to touch it to begin with. Yeah. 
an investigation check at range. Oh I'm going to cast guidance okay. on investigation, just so we know. I think I took a perception check, and it was okay. five. Oh, you took a perception? We take investigation, surely. Well, I'm I'm not going to approach it. It depends what you're trying to do. Uh, like, are you trying to figure figure out how it works or what it does, or are you trying to just look at it and like see details on it? I'm trying to figure out what it is up close but without touching. I got ten. Yep. Yeah. In- investigation um, ten. What did you do, Jody? Jody? Jody will just sort of like. I guess I guess he's trying to look. He's not going as close as Duncan. Maybe actually, fuck it. Maybe if Duncan's on that, maybe Jody's looking at the cracks in the new stained glass windows and that sort of thing, oh. and seeing if there's anything of that. Oh. And that'll be a twenty in perception. I fucking love that, Jackson. The thing that is obvious to Duncan, like, I'm just going to say for free, just for walking over to this thing, like, and just looking at it with his eyes, is you see that this, like, it's basically like some wrought copper armature around the outside, like complex, what appear to be somewhat intricate, like, mechanisms and gears, holding a few sort of twisted spheres and tubes of this sort of semi-opaque, faintly glowing glass. And as you look at that glass your eyes are drawn to the bottom part of the sculpture where there is essentially a little like rounded bulb of this dull semi-opaque glass and on the bottom of that rounded bulb is what appears to be like a little copper cap like a little copper sort of end cap if you like and you can sort of see through the semi-opaque glass that Inside the sphere, sitting on top of the end cap. So you imagine like the end cap is essentially like the bottom of this sphere of glass. Are you, are you picturing what I'm talking about? Like a sphere of glass with the bottom part of it is like a copper hatch. Yeah, that's inside. Yeah, well, so the, the, the outside of it that you're seeing is just like a sphere of glass. And then like the very bottom part of it is just like a copper hatch. If you look inside the sphere, sitting on top of the copper hatch on the inside is a piece. Gently humming. I guess you'd say like pulsing a little bit atop that copper hatch. And so you see that this ornate glass and copper sculpture is containing a piece. And with your investigation check, I mean, that, that's something you saw for free just for walking over there. Your investigation check tells you that looking at these like intricate wrought copper gears and armatures that hold these various tubes and spheres of glass, they are movable. You get the impression that you could rotate this whole thing around by doing something to the sort of armature and gears. If we're thinking that this has been an issue of the clock tower, maybe there's like, it needs to be recalibrated or something like that to make it work. And the piece powers the tower, which makes the town invisible, maybe. Yeah. Does it rotate or just like it can go to different positions? Like, can we make it face the windows or is it just that it... um... Um... Okay, so so I'll give you a little bit more of a description of it. It's it's taller than it is like wide or deep, like a, almost like a a meter and a half long upwards in terms of like it's like interconnecting spheres and tubes of this glass. The armatures on the side. Yeah, I guess you'd see with that investigation check that basically there's like a sort of central axis of it that it could rotate around, maybe kind of like an hourglass type thing. If you turn the gears in the correct way, the whole thing should be able to basically do like a 180 and stand on its head. I I turn the gears. You reach out and turn the gears? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Tom reaches out and touches... Sorry, I'm going to say Duncan reaches out and touches these gears to start trying to manipulate them. And whilst he's doing that, I think like it's quite a complex mechanism. Um, there is actually something you have to do here. And I think with a 10, you can sort of start to fiddle with it, but you can't quite turn it just now. And whilst Duncan's sort of fiddling around with these gears, Jody is looking at the cracked stained glass windows. What are you specifically looking for with these cracked stained glass windows? Because I have a fun thing that you can see, but it might not be the kind of thing that you actually want to see. Well, so Jody is probably put together that maybe the cracked stained glass window was Maleficus or like some sort of figure like that. And then noting in the fight that other cracks happened, he's trying to sort of like look at the difference between these stained glass windows and figure out if something has changed. Okay, so you can go over and see that the cracks in the, the stained glass window that you're assuming to be Maleficus are... Uh, they look like a little different to the cracks in the other stained glass windows. Like the cracks in the stained glass windows that were created by the sleet storm thing, the ice cone that Druzzy did, just kind of look like mundane spiderwebby cracks. Uh, and indeed some little chunks are missing. The ones on the Maleficus portrait almost look like 
like scar tissue. Like they look like old cracks that have kind of like re-solidified. So there's something different and vaguely magical about those. But the thing I really want to get to, and we can come back and, and look at these more in more detail, but the thing I really want to get to, Joni, is whilst you are looking at the Maleficus cracks and then looking over at these other cracks to try and compare, your eyes happen to glance through a chip in one of these stained glass windows out into the world beyond. And you realise that thanks to the power of the elevator, you're no longer under the clock tower. You're now in the top room of the clock tower, which is interesting because when you were looking at it from the outside, there were no stained glass windows up here. But... What you see through this crack in the window is the town of Hastings. And because of your vantage point, you can see things at a pretty great distance. And you see something pretty alarming. You see coming through the forest, making a direct beeline for Hastings, the telltale signs of an approaching military force. You can see banners raised, you can see columns of smoke rising, and you know that Lord Standish is coming back to finish his business. God, I've only got one fireboat left. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.